Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. All right, guys, so welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast, where each week I'm joined by some of the world's most renowned faces in the entertainment industry, on the sports field, corporate leaders, and inspirational thought leaders around the world, each sharing their own truths and their personal journeys. Today, we have none other than Rachel Hunter joining us, and I couldn't be more happier to delve into a discussion, not only about her journey, but more so about a spiritual journey. Renowned as one of the world's leading supermodels and actresses, she began a career age 16 and was quickly signed up to Ford Models, and immediately embarked on a successful career gracing the world's most prestigious magazine covers, including Vogue, Elle, Rolling Stone, Sports Illustrated, Cosmopolitan, Harper's Bazaar, and Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue. Appeared on multiple films, music videos, and the host of her own show, Rachel Hunter's Tour of Beauty, traveling the world to discover what beauty actually meant in various countries. She's also been connected to a spiritual side for her entire life, and in recent years has explored the world to learn from the very best including an extended stay in India where she lived in Sadhguru's ashram and has turned that experience into helping others discover and explore their own spirituality. So welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you. That was quite an introduction. (laughs) (laughs) I always say, what's it always like listening back over to everything like you've done? I I don't know. I I kind of tend to like go into hermit mode and just kind of go like put my fingers in my ears and go la 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 la. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've got to touch obviously on an incredible career like you've just done. And the reason why is because the Imperfectly Perfect campaign is really to draw again towards that spiritual side. My journey has come full fruition into it. But people often look at people like yourself on screen, catwalks, magazines, and think you must have this ultimate life. And what the IPC is about is really uncovering and getting to know the person behind that profession, because we don't know what happened. And I mean, if you can take us back briefly to around, it was 16, 17, when you were spotted, you was an avid athlete, um, ballerina, I believe. And then you had a, Mm -hmm. a, a blood disorder, which changed, I suppose, the trajectory of your journey. Yeah, I mean, I was um, a very kind of quiet, inward child uh, growing up, and I loved my ballet, and I was obviously, like you just said, a, um, a, um, a runner at, at school and stuff, a um, track. And um, I, yeah, I was just very, very much an introvert, and it wasn't until I had this blood disorder, basically, it was toxoplasmosis, um, where I you know, didn't really have the energy to go to school. It, you know, it, it kind of stopped me doing a lot of the things that I, I loved doing because the energy was just completely gone. And after that, uh, you know, I started running again and then this person stopped me on the beach and, you know, said, do you want to, you know, do you want to take photos? And I was like, that's just weird. <laughs> uh, and took the number home to my mom and, and anyway, cut a long story short, it, you know, I ended up, you know, in an agency and it really it happened really, really fast. But, you know, that it's not something, I mean, you know, the idea of what you are to somebody else isn't your idea, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just not because we're living in our own, um, 
little personal little package that we entered here in. Uh, and so, you know, to work out those types of either sto stories or conditioning or, or just ways that, you know, I arrived. And again, I want to start this interview off. This is my experience. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not any of these things. This is my personal, you know, journey because I can't speak for others and I don't want to change others unless someone takes a little bit of something of this, then, then that's great. But I'm not here to do any of that other than really just, you know, wish for my full expression um, and therefore hopefully other, you know, that, that people, not because of me, but other people flourish too. But I think like your campaign says is like, I was quiet, you know, I was in, inward and, you know, that idea of perfection um, with what you see as far as modeling is concerned. And then that imperfection, which can be anything from, you know, how I thought of myself or I thought of myself as a geek. Like, I, I mean, I had like, you know, a gap in between my tooth. I loved my animals. I, I loved um, nature. Uh, I wasn't all into dressing up and, and walking on catwalks or anything. In fact, the only thing I did do was, was more probably in the acting sizes. We, my sister and I would put on these little wee um, plays in our garage. Uh, but it was never to be a model or anything. Um, so when I entered that world, it was kind of, I was reluctant. I, I really didn't want to be there. I wanted to be a veterinarian or a ballerina, which I was way too tall anyway. Uh, so it was very opposite to what I was aspiring to be um, as a person. And what do you know you're aspiring to be too, because it can change so rapidly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, with everyone's past, the, the, there's pivotal moments where everything changes that trajectory and everything. But reading about yourself and furthermore into what I want to delve into, because I think it's it's fascinating, and the spiritual side of things, like, was that something, as a child, we, we explore, we creative, was that something you picked up on the spiritual side from parents, grandparents? Did you always have it with you or... Is it something later in life you've developed and found your truth and who you are again? Yeah, I basically grew up with a mum who was very, very spiritual. Like there was no, uh, that was never not known in, in the family. Like mum always um, would, I mean, she always had us in nature, which to me has a huge spiritual impact and a connection to something that's greater than, than myself. And, you know, just seeing how things, you know, evolve and happen and create. And, and I, she would, she was always talking, we would be in different religions. Like sometimes we wouldn't be in a religion. That's when she would be having sage and crystals and there'd be ghosts and there would be all this. And then the next thing would be in, you know, a, speaking in tongues and then would go be going to, you know, later on became kind of Buddhist, then kind of looking at Mormons. So there was a complete array of different types of religions. And then the spiritual aspect of it was to kind of weave all those in, in some way. And um, so that, there was always a sprinkling of it somewhere and it would always find its way back in, mm. even when I would be in New York and it would be, I would be super lonely and, and just feeling really, really down. And I'd find myself in the middle of a church, like just sitting there because there would be people there and there would be an element of something that's bigger. There's something 
that's bigger, that's driving this force that why I am here in New York City. Mm. Um, and there was that support within this church that I was sitting in uh, because I, I just felt that that's what I knew from growing up with mom is whenever that, that spiritual aspect was there, when there was something unknown, it felt supportive to me. Um, so yeah, there was big pivotal moments many times throughout my younger life, but also obviously with the toxoplasmosis, which we started the interview off with and then moving rapidly from being introvert, uh, you know, who used to talk to animals, to ballet, to all these kind of, to next thing I'm on a plane to New York city. Like how does that even happen? Uh, and not even blinking an eye to it. Uh, so I think the spirituality has always come back in. I've kind of distanced from it. And then all of a sudden it'll come back in because it's those moments. It's funny, I was writing a thing. At this, I want to do a book at one point, just going, you know, when you're at the surrender, you are just like, I need help. I need something like show me. And you're looking up doing this, please just show me, help me, you know? And at some point when there is that surrender is when things that it changes. Um, and, and there were many, like I said, there's many pivotal points of that, including the biggest point, which is when my mom passed. So she was a huge part of my spiritual upbringing and awareness of religion and spirituality, as well as that is where it took me ultimately when she passed, mm. it really pushed me on that journey even further. Wow, I love that. It, it, it's funny because my spiritual journey, I'm sat here and, and, and the thing that I've noticed with me and to our listeners, I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but when I'm speaking to people, the only thing I see now is auras. And around you, you've just got this bright white and blue aura all around you. And when I was telling people at first, it was like, you really see that? I'm like, yeah, it's just, oh. it distracts me from seeing the person because it's just so blue and so white around you. And yeah, the spiritual oh. path, which is why I was so excited to get you on because your website and what you do now and helping people through it, that surrender that you touch upon, do you feel that everything that you've been through and been put on this journey, you can look back now at pivotal moments and realize that the fame, the money, everything is a byproduct of who you are today and what you've learned and being able to share those wisdoms and those experiences from a personal point of view, like you said, to everybody else? Yeah, like, like I said, like going from the shy child to the, within, you know, at 16 to the next thing, being on a plane and being on the cover of Vogue and, and Harper's Bazaar in Australia and then going up and immediately shooting, a, you know, a Red Vong commercial, all these things were, you know, you just didn't, you, you wouldn't expect. And I think that when, um, when you have, the distrust in it is, is like those moments where you're like, like I'm, you know, right now I'm going through one of those moments of like, I'm ready to go. I want to go, you know, I want to start traveling again. I'm ready to go. And then all of a sudden there's something in my body happens. Like I was just talking about, like I had a cracked tooth and that caused an infection. And now I've got to go back and I've got to do something. It's like, come on, I just want to get going. Yeah. And you're getting really frustrated. It's like this volcano, right? And it's just boiling and boiling and boiling. And you're like, why am I stopped? 
but why is nothing working? I don't understand. I mean, listen, my my problems are minute compared to respectively to so many other people that are having so many massive uh, going processes that people are moving through. But it's just that boiling point and then then that, that surrender happens and it just implodes and then you're just like, oh my God, that's why. And, and all of a sudden there is that reason why. And then, because it's funny because people go, well, where's the not like the knowledge, like the understanding, like look at those moments. And then you go, you had that fork in the road mm. and you could have taken that or that and you took that or you sat with it and then you surrendered, but you still kept moving forward. And you had like, you know, cry you reach out to friends you have your introvert moments you have your aloneness moments and things can get hard and I definitely went through those in a young age um a lot of um heavy mental times for me was when I was a lot younger um and then that 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 happens and I think through the process like you look quiet child going out into the public eye and I look at my path and I go, I get why this all happened. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty and the wisdom, I guess, of getting older, but I never want to underestimate that. I think now faster than ever, we're seeing this incredible generation of, of up and coming leaders and this, this um, um, incredible motion and movement that is happening in the world, seeing uh, some really strong um, generations that are coming up that are really supporting that much faster, learning that much faster than, than probably what I did uh, because of um, the expression that's happening. It's not just one person's idea of what should be on a magazine or on TV or on anywhere. It's so multi-layered and it should be and cultural and um, expressive and things we feel uncomfortable with and hard to understand and don't understand and ignorance and and it's all really confronting and mm. um, and important and powerful and it's all really going through a really strong time but this is what this is what it's all led up so you look at like I look at my life and I go I get why I keep going off on tangents I know you get <laughs> just ring me back in but <laughs> that it's it just all makes sense you just go i get it you know uncomfortable shit man uncomfortable's really fucked up and hard and it's really agitating and really annoying but have you noticed along that path and why i try and bring this to the listeners through everyone's <laughs> journey corporate leaders models entertainers everything it's it's kind of that process of shedding the ego everything that we've been taught and being in the flesh and there's a great book um, that I read recently. Um, I was just pulling it up on my phone. It was that great. I forgot the name, but <laughs> it was yeah. called Divine Compensation. And there's another one called Surrender, Letting Go. And through that, did you find it a hard process? Because I think business, anything I've noticed, seems to become easier when we sort and we tap into this, into source, into Dharma. What was it yeah. like for you in terms of shedding, I suppose, the ego like we all have in a sense? Yeah, the the, the ego and the stories and the conditioning um, of 
what we come in with, what we learn, however you, where you want to see it, and then living in that 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 true dharma. And I think that's probably what happened in India for me is just repeating the same patterns over and over and over and over again and seeing me just treading on the same thing, not shifting and feeling uncomfortable. Um, and then doing that and consistently looking at that and doing it and listening and understanding, using the senses, listening, mm. speaking, not speaking. You know, that's a big thing. Like, I mean, sometimes I'm not, like I could not listen to you because I'm already preparing my answer to over, you know, so it's listening to people and maybe sometimes for me not to say anything, um, I, you know, that was one of the most, the most powerful things I've learned is, is, is to, that brings the ego right back, mm-hmm. you know, try just, you know, and, you know, when I was in lockdown in, in, um, in Sadhguru's ashram, and I was in silence for 19 days previous before that, before we went into lockdown. And that really taught me the power of just like that being state, but up to that point of going through the processes of seeing different behaviors, seeing where my mind would want to go, seeing how I would um, want to try and even listen to conversations. So I knew know what was going on. Like I was trying to get one of my senses <laughs> yeah. to do something to try and, yeah. you know, stay, stay connected. And then all of it just kind of dropped away the, the stories and, and the, that ego part of it of to me is just, is constantly being worked out. And the, the Dharma of it, when you, when you're sitting in that seat of Dharma, it really just, just, flows and becomes available and you um it's it's powerful because you know the thing is is it's I think the the spirituality it's that integration of human for me and my experience is integrating human and spiritual they're not separate Mm. and really understanding that this is like a coexisting like embodiment of of um of who we are and for it not to be this battle of I'm spiritual, I'm rich, I'm this, I'm that, I'm powerful, I'm powerless, I'm, you know, and to take the time um, for every single one of us to embody that moment of seeing human, like a human, yeah, you know, that 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 whole that whole being and, and really being with that and then the ego drops a lot because then we're just eye to eye and that's it, you know? Um, and that's powerful when you see everybody as that kind of equality. Um, um, it, I mean, all the beings, I mean, look how well they did. They were strutting their feathers and their, and their hooves across the main streets of many cities across yeah. the world during lockdown. But I think, you know, dropping the ego and working on conditioning. And this is such a beautiful, this, beautiful brain we have it's not about getting rid of it's just like harnessing that and watching those thoughts and for me and observing my behavior changing my behavior growing from my behavior um and sometimes that can take you know it can be quick or sometimes it can be it can take years Mm -hmm. you know i may not learn it in this this in this life a lifetime but i think the observation but never to 
for me, the, our brain is incredible. Like, I mean, we have the source that is so beautiful and we can tap into it. So, and that to me is kind of just a, you know, to explore as well as, you know, because during meditation, people go, you know, just not to think. Mm. We're resting the mind in order to create that space to allow the that wisdom and the clarity of thought, clarity to be able to see things differently, create that space within the mind to um, be able to absorb some new ideas, some new fragrance of life, you know? Yeah, I love that because it's it, it's essentially what the IPC is, what you did there. It's been come to fruition through the oldest form of communication, storytelling, and seeing humans for humans. Like mm. I was brought up in the fitness industry, so I never saw professions. Everyone goes in for a commonality. So I suppose mm. that was my discernment. But you touched on that listening thing then. And I once heard years ago, it was like there's three types of listeners. Those who don't listen, those who try, but they're too in the head thinking what they're going to say. And then the <laughs> ones who can actually just sit there and have a great conversation that flows. And you pointed something out there, unbeknown to you, but I was recently speaking to Dr. Joe Dispenser on the brain and everything. And oh, wow. what you came out with there, what he did, what I've noticed, and again, this is probably a discernment that I've picked up is, there's three things I've noticed in people that have finally come to that place of connecting in. And it's that this childlike nature. It's going back and finding that innocence. And, and, and when you speak, there's so much passion in it. The second one is listening. And the third one is um, the creativity, the masculine feminine and tapping into yourself. And when people are going, I can teach how to make six, seven figures and I can teach this, this and this. It's, it, there's no secret. If we tap in here, <laughs> we've got everything that we need. And I think if we could all just like move away and drop that ego, but again, no judgment because we're all on a different part of that trajectory. And I perhaps didn't know it back then. And it's been a long journey for me, but Coming to your your website, you, you, you're doing things, rituals with Rachel Hunter. Now you've transitioned. Obviously, you do everything that you do with your career, but you've transitioned from that wisdom and experience to teach other people. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah, it's I, I, uh, I mean, it's funny. I'm still trying to move through like how the integration of, of like what to call yoga, because I just love uh, the ritual aspect of it because I came from a very esoteric upbringing with my mum with tarot cards and all these things that I found after she passed away and the the ritual aspect is we have so many beautiful rituals and I think for people to like even somebody who just loves making their amazing cup of coffee you know or they love a tea ceremony or they take such pride and beauty of being creative with flowers or, you know, for me, it's like breath work and I love working with different types of energies or, or sometimes I'll get shea butter and decide to put, make, put petals in it. I mean, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but you know, <laughs> but why not? Um, so it's any type of ritual. Eventually what that platform will become is any type of ritual is a, is a ritual. And I, I think with the, with the action, of, of the different, um, you know, we, we talk about like in, in, in yoga, we talk about three different the shaktis, like the energies, like creative energies and, you know, that the attention, the wisdom and 
the action like what really is the intention what is your will what is what is it that you you embody and want to flourish and um and really what is that like I mean we can all just sit here and go okay I'm going to be kind and compassionate today but if you just take that moment and like really put your hands together and breathe into that space and then really take that time to go, you know, from, from all the way through the body, you know, repeat that mantra, whatever it is, love, compassion. And I want to embody this and, and be this and I see this. And then in the action, obviously we, we gain wisdom when there's space and we gain wisdom as we move through our day um, regardless I mean just the openness of doing that and I mean wisdom is important whether you're reading philosophy you're understanding something you're experiencing something for me a lot of it especially with the teachings that I've been learned is experiencing them becomes your wisdom so you can really speak from the experience of it and then the action of just you know of what is what is the action behind that so I, I love that philosophy of those three um, because it, it's really, really, it's taking that creativity, it's taking that energy, taking that vibration and making that cake mix consistently and learning from that. Uh, so that's kind of where that came from. Obviously on there, there's breath work and, you know, some different mudras and stuff. And it's, it's mostly yoga right now, but eventually I'd like to add more to it, um, you know, and, and just see what people's rituals are. What are they? What are yours, by the way? What would you say you do? Like with a well, lot of my, intent. I used to find like, th this is what I love. I resonate with what you say there when it comes to, you would really have to tap further in because like those, those entry points of meditation, I was like, my head runs at um, 10 miles and like hundred miles an hour. It goes everywhere. So I actually started doing the Wim Hof purely mm -hmm. for the point of if I'm concentrating on the cold, I can tap into my inner self and concentrate on my breathing, which then led mm. to that. A good friend in the US, Jeremy, he got me into my first breath work and I thought, this is bloody hard. <laughs> like, it was like trying to, I'm like, and, and I saw people who was doing it with me and one, one's body was shaking, one was in tears and just released it. But it was a sense of this, like you see people for their spiritual brothers and sisters and it's like, you might not know people you might and you can just talk to them so easy and it's you're on this yeah. common level um so they're really mine and i've got into my reading wife and kids um trying to get my wife more into it because she was grown buddhist so we're just having these conversations wow. and stuff like that amazing so everything that you have learned one question i asked everyone that come on the campaign is what does it mean to be imperfectly perfect to you I I would have to take it back to that is to go back to the beautiful to that awareness of that moment when you first you know started taking the world in and that childlike innocence and to me there's nothing more beautiful than when kids even mess up like the whole exploration of of life of that capacity to be so open and the eyes wide open and the heart wide open and just going, I just want to seem to create that beautiful safe place within yourself to be able to see and to continue to see with at, at the same time with the strength and the fierceness to embody that, to protect 
you know, when need be. And I don't even think you have to throw your voice very loud for that when you really believe in it. Mm. But I think it has to go back to, to, to being like that innocence of, of being a child as a wise adult. Yeah. That's hard. <laughs> not as a wise adult, probably not just not like you've got that protection, you know what's what, you know, you know what's what. But at the same time, when you greet something, it's like, I want to understand, like, what's going on? What are you doing? You know, it's just so exciting rather than, oh, my God, I see you as a threat. Yes. You know what? I will- You're going to take that away from me. That was my idea. Like, who the fuck has a new idea? Not many people. <laughs> yeah. I have learned along this. I mean, lots of people do. I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, thing. it's like we, we, we conditioned, we judge whether something's good or bad. And then people compete and they think someone's life's better than theirs and theirs and theirs. And I'm like, what I'm trying to show with this is like, we look at what you've done. It's incredible. But we don't know behind the scenes, like press, publications, they sell stories, advertising, yeah. so anything. But yet we don't know someone's struggles, what they've been through. And I think if we can remove that judgment and realize, you know what, if it comes back to spirituality, God, we've all been given gifts. So there's no competition. Like what's meant for me is meant for me and what's meant for you. And I think what I've learned along the way, and I'm 37, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm starting to learn is that my struggles, if I can impart them onto someone else to try and help them through the wisdom that I'm learning through mine, and that next person can. I think that's humanity. It's like we're trying to help each other. So if I can pull someone up at the same time, but with, with the IPB, IPB now, um, the Imperfectly Perfect campaign about storytelling, growing up, we asked these short, quick questions. What was your favourite story growing up? I love Black Beauty. Is there a reason that resonated with it? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I was obsessed by animals and the interaction with them and the, that relationship with animals and nature and stuff. Like I love that. And I had a bug catcher. Um, I'm trying to see if one of my books are around here. I actually wrote inside my books and I was like, this is Rachel Hunter's do not. <laughs> I was very protective over my box. Um, yeah, I would say like the the horse box or National Velvet or anything that was connected to animals. I was I loved. Um, I remember. Um, God, there was yeah. I, I read a lot of books when I was a kid. And what's your number one go to for picking yourself up when you're feeling down? Moving nature. I would say moving, um, moving nature for sure. Nice. And then just two last questions for you. Um, I just want to know what, if anything, so this campaign is obviously about mental health, well-being, if there's anyone struggling there. From a personal experience, what is your hope for humanity or for somebody that may be going through something, what you've learned along your journey? Can you repeat that again? what would be ultimately through your spiritual journey your hope for humanity when people can understand or take something away from what you've learned i i think more like what we have i think intensely learned over the last 
two years is um, human connection and our the beauty of not actually sometimes even like I'm not talking about parties I'm talking about that even though that I'm sure a lot of people probably <laughs> but I'm talking like just human connection like really the growth that we've been through internally is what we've seen is pretty incredible like people really looking at that inner glow that inner wisdom inside um is pretty incredible and I hope that continues and also I'm just a big like number one our health is absolutely and we've heard this is our wealth and that's not only physically but also obviously mentally mm-hmm. um because we can't see the hurts like if we if I have hurt myself we see it like a like you can see it physically but on mentally on the inside it's very 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 hard and very hard to move through and um and the reaching out and the awareness that I hope keeps growing, that we um, keep evolving to support each other. Um, And not only that, to support the other beings that live on this planet and our awareness starts taking a huge responsibility in those actions to, um, to continue. Uh, Yeah. Because we have to, right. Like we need to. I think the world is, the world is isn't it i think something's evolving like things are being exposed and things are coming to full fruition yeah are kind of like i won't say waking up but i mean kind of like just being exposed to new things and ways of thinking so it's it's just incredible like it is the most incredible part of it is the truths Mm. that have been coming out in the importance that people are getting heard that need to be heard and should be heard and and hopefully that we, we see each other. We yeah. start really seeing each other. That's it. Yeah. Seeing each other and listening to each other. Well, mm. I just want to, I want to thank you on behalf of the campaign, on behalf of coming on to uh, IPC, like just sharing your story and letting people know behind the scenes isn't always what we see on stage screen or anything like that. But where can people, I mentioned your website before, but where else can people find out more information about you and your courses yeah, on my website or um, also on Rachel Hunter. I've got to put an X on there because someone took my identity. No. <laughs> but no, you can go on. You can follow me on there as well. Um, but, you know, we're so lucky in the world now. It's 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 got so much access with yoga and meditation. And honestly, I think meditation really is key with everybody as far as, um, yeah, of, of nature, meditation, moving, and um and really acknowledging that space that you're in and and yeah and thank you also for you and your pod, I mean you're just amazing so beautiful thank you and I'm sorry it's taken so long for us to connect <laughs> that's all right you know what as we go when it's meant to be it's meant to be things yeah, align yeah so absolutely absolutely yeah. so guys Make sure you tune in, subscribe to the show. I'll put all the links up where you can find Rachel. But remember, the thing with the IPC is keep having the hard conversations going past the superficial conversations because it's those conversations that save lives. Until next time, thank you. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org. 
or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect Campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.